last week, right after I preached the message last week, I got back into my office and, and the Lord spoke to my heart, gave me the title for today's message. That, that just happens a couple of times a year. See, how do you get your messages, Pastor Terry? Well, we're led by the Spirit. We just go with what seems good, you see. But there's a handful of times throughout the year that the Lord will speak directly to my heart, tell me exactly what He wants, wants done for a particular service. Uh, and this is one of those. And He spoke the word to my heart better. We're allowed to say better. Better. So, uh, we're going to get into the Word of God, just as I felt He directed me, and talk about better. Better. We're allowed to say better. 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 All right. Some things are better than others. Is that right? So, let's see what the Word of God has to say about this subject of better. And, and let Him speak to your heart. Whatever it is he wants to get across to you. You know, he has different things he wants to get across to different people. You understand that, don't you? And that two people can hear the same message and get something totally different out of it. But he'll speak to you what it is you need to get out of this message. So let's just go through here. Proverbs 3, verse 13 says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. This will go for women, too. For her proceeds... Whose proceeds? Wisdom's proceeds are what? Now, are you going to help me or not today? They're what? They're what? They're better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. So would it be better to have wisdom or money? It'd be better to have wisdom, wouldn't it? The Bible says wisdom is better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. You know what wisdom is. It's the correct application of knowledge. Uh, see, having knowledge uh, can destroy you if you don't use that knowledge properly. Is that right? And so we need wisdom. We need wisdom, which is the correct application of knowledge. And the Bible says it's better to get wisdom than silver and gold, etc., so on and so forth. So we find out that wisdom is better. Let's look at something else. Proverbs 15, verse 16. Proverbs 15, verse 16. The Bible says, Better is a little with the fear or the reverence of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Think about that. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord, then great treasure with trouble. Let me ask you this. Is bigger always better? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, I used to think that it was. And, and for many years, I, I, I thought that it was. And uh, the world will tell you that bigger is better. And a lot of the church world will tell you that bigger is better. But I've learned that bigger is not always better. Some, sometimes it might be, but, but it, it isn't always. Uh, is having a bigger house always better? Absolutely not. I tell you for sure. I mean, when you've got a bigger house, you've got more maintenance and upkeep, don't you? Insurance bills go up. Tax, tax bill, the property tax is unbelievable. You know, you got to take care of that. And uh, uh, bigger 
is not always better. Some, some people work, work so hard to get that bigger, bigger house or that bigger car or that bigger whatever. And once they get it, they oft find out, oftentimes find out, you know, I was better off having something a little smaller and I could afford it and I wasn't under all this pressure. Uh, is, that, is that right? Oh, yeah. Uh, remember that commercial? I haven't seen it in a while, but it was on there some years ago. And this fella, it showed his big house and his big car and his swimming pool and his big this and this and that and the other. And, and, and then the camera came in on him and he said, you know, my friends all wonder how I do this. He said, I'm maxed out on my credit cards to the limit. I've maxed my credit out to the limit. He said, I'm really a nervous wreck. He said, life is miserable. But I have all this stuff. See, so the Bible says better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. A lot of times bigger and more, all it does is bring trouble to you. So that's that. Let's go to Proverbs 15 and 17. We're going to read this in the New Living Translation. Proverbs 15, 17 says a bowl of vegetables... With someone you love is what? Is better than steak with someone you hate. Think about that. A bowl of vegetables with someone you love is better than steak with someone you hate. Now, I'll tell you the truth. I'd rather eat stale popcorn with my wife. Than filet mignon with any other woman. You understand that? Because I love her. And, and I'd be just as happy with her, you know, talking about the house and whatnot. We, we, the Lord's blessed us with a nice home. But, you know, I was just as happy with her when we were living in that little apartment down in, in Tulsa. It wouldn't matter where you put us, how big or small or in between. As long as I'm with her, I'm happy. You understand that? And, and there's been times where we couldn't we couldn't eat steak, really, you know. And I was just as happy with her with hamburger helper as I as I am with steak. You understand that? You understand that a bowl of vegetables. The Bible said a bowl of vegetables with someone you love is is what is is better than steak with someone you hate. Let's look at, uh, I'm just giving these to you, and you just let the Lord speak to you however He's going to speak to you. Let's see, Proverbs uh, 16, 18. Proverbs 16, 18, New Living Translation. 16, 8. I, I need to put my glasses on, I guess. How many of you, when you turned 40, you had to get some cheaters? Some, okay. But I have this uh, tablet now so I can make the font. Maybe I better make the font just a little bigger there. What is it now? Proverbs 16, 8. New Living Translation. All right. What's that first word? Better to have little. There, there it is again. Better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. Better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. Uh, the Message Bible, let's read this same scripture out of the Message Bible. It says, far better to be right and poor than to be wrong and rich. 
Now, you need to understand the Bible, there's nothing wrong, as you read the Bible, there's nothing wrong with, 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 with being rich and having money. It is wrong when money has you. You understand that? There's a difference between having money and money having you. But, but if you compare it out, money is not the main or the principal thing. Wisdom is. And you know as well as I do, the world, even much of the church world's after money and riches and, and all of that. That's not the principal thing. The Bible says it's better to have little and godliness. It's better to have little and reverence the Lord. It's better to have little and be right than to have much and be wrong. You know, I think about that man that Jesus talked about that, that, you know, he lived his life. He was a rich, very, very rich. Remember, he, he, he had, had wonderful clothes and wonderful food and he fared well every day and, and all that. But he died with all that money. And guess where he went when he died? Went to hell. So, you know, he had a lot of money. He had a lot of things. But, but he was wrong when he died. You don't want to be wrong when you die. You understand that? Particularly. So the Bible says it's better to be right and poor than wrong and rich. I'd, be, I'd rather be right and end up in heaven one day with, with no money. You understand what I'm saying? I'd rather, rather be right and poor wind up in heaven one day than to be wrong and rich and wind up in hell. Can anybody say amen to that? Now, again, are we against riches? Are we against, is the Bible against prosperity? No, the Bible is all for it. It's just wrong when prosperity becomes the principle and the main thing. Do you understand that? And it's better to be right and poor than wrong and rich. Let's go on here. Proverbs sixteen nineteen, New King James Version. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Spoil just means the goods. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Well... You know as well as I do, I think if you read the verse just above, if you read verse 18, I think they can pop that up on the screen. The Proverbs 16, 18 says, uh-oh, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So the next verse then, if you would, back to 19, better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil or the goods with the proud. Because, see, you might have those goods for a while, but because of the pride, eventually there's going to be a what? There's going to be a fall and destruction. So it's better to be of a humble spirit. The Bible says that if we'll humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that in due season, he'll exalt us. So it'd be better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Do you see that there's things that are better than having money and riches? Do you see that? How many of you see that? There's things that are better than having the things that the world has to offer. Notice uh, Proverbs 16 and 19 in the Message Bible. It says the same verse down in the Message. It's better to live humbly among the poor than to live it up among the rich and famous. 
How many people would love to live it up with the rich and famous? Love to be among the rich and famous? Well, a lot of people would, but the Bible says it's better to live humbly among the poor than to live it up with the rich and famous. And you need to realize this. It's, it's not usually better to be famous. You understand that? Because I've talked to uh, just a few people that were famous over the years, and they'll tell you it's not all it's cracked up to be. And, and, and to tell you the truth, there's, there's times over the years I wish I was famous. But after looking at what happens to a lot of people that are famous, guess what I've come to conclude? It's, it's, it's what? It's what? Come on, guys. It's what? It's better to not be famous. You're better off. A whole lot of problems come with fame and fortune. Now, Proverbs 16.32, I'm going to read this in the NIV. Proverbs 16.32 says, Better a patient man than a warrior, a man who controls his temper, than one who takes a city. Better a patient man than a warrior. So the Bible says it's better to have patience than to be a mighty warrior. It's better to be patient than to be a conqueror. Notice a man who controls his temper, and this is for women too, a man or woman who controls their temper is better than someone who controls or conquers or takes a city. So would it be better to be in control of St. Louis or would it be better to be able to control your temper? According to God, it would be better to control your temper. Is that right? Is that right? Maybe there's somebody in here who needs to control their temper today. So let the Lord speak to you with this. It'd be better to con- learn to control your temper than to be the most famous person at your, at your work or the most powerful person at, at your school or whatever, you know. Better a patient person. Well, let's go on here. Proverbs 17, 1, New King James Version. This is what the Lord wanted today. This is what we're doing. I'm just giving, giving you what I felt he, he wanted me to give you today. Specifically on better. Proverbs 17, 1. Better a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting with strife. Whew. Oh, Yeah. Better a dry morsel with quietness or peace than a house full of feasting with strife. So it'd be better to have just a little food in the house or modest food with with peace than to have all the cupboards full and and steak and, and every kind of food you could imagine to have that with strife. The Bible says where envy and strife is, there's every evil work. I, I thank God I've never lived in a house full of strife. Growing up with my mom, there was there was little to, to none of it. And then when I got married with my wife, we've we've had little to, to none of it. But I've seen some homes and some houses and some marriages where it was just full of strife. And. Uh, you can walk in people's houses off times and can tell if there's this atmosphere of strife. And it's, it's a horrible thing. It, it, it's, it, it's sad. I f- it feel badly for folks where their houses are full of strife. 
So it'd be better to have, there it is again, it'd be better to have just a little, a, a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of lots of food with strife. All right, Proverbs 19.1, Proverbs 19.1, Message Bible. Proverbs 19.1, Message Bible. Better to be poor and honest. Here it is again. Better to be poor. We're just kind of going through an order in the book of Proverbs here. Better to be poor and honest than a rich person no one can trust. Have you ever met any people They had a whole lot of stuff, but their word wasn't any good? Remember, you're only as good as your word. You're only as good as your word. Did you ever notice the Bible said God exalted his word even above his name? Your name is only as good as your word. There was a day in this, in this country where a man's word was his bond. And that was. But nowadays it, it isn't like that. You can have all kinds of contracts and it doesn't even mean anything a lot of times. Better to be poor and honest than a rich person no one can trust. Again, is the Bible against prosperity? No. But there's some things that are better. Look at Proverbs 28.6. Proverbs 28.6. Here it is again. Better is the poor who walks in their integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he be rich. So would it be better to be poor and have integrity or rich and not be trustworthy? It would be better to be poor and have integrity. Let's see what else we have here. Proverbs, uh-oh. Oh, here we go. Proverbs 21.9. Hold on to your helmets here. Proverbs 21.9. <laughs> better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. You knew it was coming. <laughs> Better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. Uh, Proverbs, let's, let's read this same scripture in the New Living Translation. It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. I had a... Now, you, gotta, you have to understand that this was written by Solomon, and he had a whole bunch of wives. Now... You know, it can be bad enough to have one wife going off on you. But think he had many. Now, it was never the will of God for him to have many wives. You understand that. And I won't get into all that. But it was always, it was never the will of God for a man to have more than one wife. And, yeah, but in the Bible, they, they had more than one wife. They were out of the will of God. And it drove Solomon, one of the re- it, it actually all those wives turned his heart away from the Lord. Is that right? So this is written from a male perspective. So you have to understand. But the tables could be turned and, and you could have a, a, a spouse, a male, that was driving the wife crazy. Is, is that right? I had a fellow come to me one time. I was talking to him. And he said, Terry. Well, I, 
I think of another guy now. <laughs> I'll get back to this other fella. This other guy, years ago, he, he's, probably, he's probably passed off the scene by now. But uh, he, he, would, uh, he, owned, he lived in one of my mom's rental properties years ago. And uh, his name was Charlie, and his wife's name was Hazel. And uh, he'd come over to the house to where my mom and I lived. He'd come over there every once in a while, and he'd have a washcloth. And just ringing with sweat. And he'd come over, and he'd sit down, and, and he'd wipe his brow, and just, just sweat, and just, just say, Hazel's at it again. Hazel's at it again. Hazel's at it again. We always felt sorry for old Charlie because Hazel, he'd do something and Hazel would get mad. And he'd come over and he'd just sit down and <laughs> Hazel was, Hazel was, it was upset. But I remember this other fella came to me one time and he said, Terry, he said, do you know what it's like to have your wife just go off on you and she won't relent? She won't stop. She just, she just, just won't stop. She just gets on your back and it won't stop. And you know what? I've been so blessed because I, I was able to answer him. I said, no, I, I don't know what that's like. Thank you for being such a wonderful wife. But, but I've watched. And, and it could work the other way. We don't want to pick on women because men, men could do it to their wives, certainly. This, again, was written from the male perspective. But, but I, I, I've had men over the many years, nobody in the church now, but just over the years, I've had men where they've sat in my office and they've cried and they've wept and they, they've told me, they said, Pastor Terry, this is what God's telling me to do, but my wife won't let us do what God's saying to do. The baby's saying amen to that. Is that sad, though? What does the Bible say? It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife and a lovely home. And the same thing would be true on the other side of the coin. You could have a, a male that was causing uh, a lot of trouble for the, for the wife. So we don't want to pick on ladies. Let's read this in the message, in the message Bible. Proverbs 21.9. Better to live alone in a tumble-down shack. Oh, actually, the, the version I have here... It, said, it had a little note here. It said, do your best, but prepare for the worst. It doesn't say it on that one up there, but I guess the Message Bible. Anybody have the Message Bible? Nobody? Okay. It's a paraphrase. And just so you know, you have to be watchful of these different uh, versions. Before I ever share a, 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 a scripture with you from a version uh, I always check it in the original Greek, and then I check with the King James, New King James, NIV. And sometimes the message or the New Living Translation, I don't share those verses with you because they're not true to the, to the original. But, but when I think they're true to the original, then, then I'll give it to you. But anyway, uh, better to what? Better to live alone in a tumble-down shack than share a mansion with a nagging spouse. Can anybody say amen? amen. It's true. It's true. Whether it's a female or a male that's doing the nagging. I have a note here. Better to not get the spouse you want and get the spouse God wants you to have. Better to not get the spouse you want and get the spouse God wants you to have. I know, and I'll just keep this very brief because I've shared this before, but there were two 
females over the years of my life before I met Diane that I would have been interested in marrying. But now I look back all these years later and I am so thankful. Nothing against those two ladies, but I'm so thankful that God didn't allow that to happen. That I got either one of those two and I wound up with with Diane. You know, God knows better, doesn't he? Doesn't God know better? He knows better. And at the time, though, I wanted, you know, I wanted, I wanted, you know, for the first one that I, that I knew. And then as years went on, that second one, I wanted each of them. You know what I mean? And I couldn't understand why, why they didn't want me. Because, I mean, I mean, my gosh. I guess God just blinded their eyes. I don't know. But thank God he did. Because looking back now, I'm so glad. That, and I wish them all the best. But I'm so glad that it didn't work out with either of those. I'm so glad. God knows better, doesn't he? We need to learn to trust him. But sometimes when you're younger, you just, you, you know, you have to learn it the hard way, I guess. But take it from me. God knows best. Trust him. Okay? Now let's look at Proverbs 21:19. Just a few more of these. This similar thing. Better to dwell in the wilderness. This is New King James Version. Proverbs 21:19. Better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. And you could say that too about a, a man, certainly. You know, than a contentious and angry man. Uh, a lot of times, you know, single folks, they want to be married, want to be married, want to be married, want to be married. You know, it'd be better to not be married than to be married to the wrong person. You understand that? And, and I've learned this not just with marriage, but whatever the position is, you know, you're better off, really, take it from me, to have nobody in a position than to have the wrong person in that position. All right, let's go on with this. Proverbs 27, 5, because I don't want it to keep you too awfully long here. Proverbs 27, 5, NIV says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Now, you have to think about that. We'll read that in the Message Bible. A spoken reprimand is better than approval that's never expressed. So think about that. The Bible is saying it's better to, to, have, an, to have an open rebuke in public, be, be rebuked openly, than to have, then that would be better than to never have somebody tell you they love you. Or tell you that you're doing good. What is the conclusion to this? Well, we could talk long on it, but here's my conclusion. It's good and we need to and it's better if we express our love to people and tell them how much we love them or tell them how good they're doing at something. Do you understand what I'm saying? We all need to be encouraged. We all need to be uplifted. And, and uh, the Bible says it, it, it'd be better to rebuke somebody openly than to never tell them that you love them. Conclusion, let's love in word and in deed. Can you say amen? Okay. Now let's move on here. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 5.5. Five. Ecclesiastes 5.5. Five. Better, realize, say better. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. We could say it another way. It's better if we keep our promises, isn't it? It'd be better never to make a promise than to make the promise and not make good on it. 
It'd be better to never promise the person that you're going to go have lunch with them. It'd be better to never make that promise than to promise it and not make good on it. Is that right? Is that what the Bible just said? So it'd be better not to vow than to vow and not pay. There's a lot of people that make vows or they'll make promises and they'll say they're going to do this or say they're going to do that. They'll say they're going to do the other and they never do it. The Bible says it's better just don't make the promise to start with than to make it and not make good on it. You know, a lot of times parents will tell their children, you know, we're going to go fishing or we're going to do this or we're going to do that or we're going to do the other. Or we're going to go to the amusement park or whatever it is. We're going to go get some ice cream and then they don't do it. It'd be better... To not tell your kids that than to tell them and not make good on it. Is that right? Here's one. Ecclesiastes 9.4. Ecclesiastes 9.4. Ecclesiastes 9.4. It says, For him who is joined to all the living there is hope. For a living dog is what is better than a dead lion. A living dog is better than a dead lion. Think about that. A living dog is better than a dead lion. Now, if they're both alive, which would you choose? Yeah, I guess, I guess if they're both alive, who would you want for your pet? You'd probably want a dog as opposed to a lion. The lion could eat you. you know? This is not going the way I thought. But here's the thing. What the context of this is, is, is if you think about it, as far as salvation goes and thinking of it in an eternal perspective, when someone is dead, if they haven't made Jesus the Lord of their life, they wind up in hell and there's nothing they can do about it. Is that right? So wouldn't it be better to be a living dog than a, than a dead lion? If, if the dog's lost and the lion's lost... And the lion's dead. It'd be better to be the living dog because he could change something, right? He could change it. You okay? Now, you're going to ask me, do I think dogs go to heaven? or that? Don't get into that with me now. I don't want to get into that. But what the Bible's trying to say is that as long as we're alive, we can change things. We can repent. Is that right? We can, as long as we're living, we can repent. We can change things. But once we're dead, there's nothing more we can do about eternity. Is that right? Is that right? Let's say it again. As long as we're living, we can change things. But once we're dead, it makes no difference. We can't change things then. So wouldn't it be better to be a living dog in that perspective than a dead lion? Even though the lion is the king of the beast. It'd be better to be a living dog than a dead lion because when you're dead, there's nothing more you can do about eternal things. But as long as you're alive, there's hope. You can change things. You can repent. You okay? And with that in mind, let's go to Matthew 5, verse 29 in the NIV. Come on, just, just two more passages and then stick with me here. Let the Spirit of God speak to you now. Don't be distracted. Matthew 5, 29 NIV, Jesus said, for if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away, it is what? It's what? It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Is that right? 
Verse 30, and if your right hand causes you to sin, Jesus says, cut it off, throw it away. It is what? It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Think about that. Verse 29, if your right eye causes you to sin, if your eyes are looking at things that they shouldn't be looking at. Now, again, most Bible scholars say that, you know, he's, he's, he's talking symbolically here. Don't go gouge your eye out or cut your hand off. But, but if you think about it, literally, Jesus is literally being very correct here. Because it would be better for you to lose one part of your body and go into heaven than to be thrown into hell whole. Is that right? Is that what he just said? If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. What is Jesus saying? He's warning. You know, Jesus warned about hell again and again. He warned us not to go there. How do you escape hell? By repenting of your sins, placing your faith in Jesus. You understand that. But but having said that, you know, think about what he said here. There's a lot of Christians that look at things they shouldn't look at. There's a lot of Christians do things that they shouldn't do. Is that right? Much less sinners, but let's keep it on Christians. There's a lot of Christians that, 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 that they're looking at things they shouldn't be looking at. They're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And Jesus says it's better. Let the Spirit of God speak to you. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now, if your eye is causing you to sin, listen, this is the spirit of it. Don't go gouge your now listen to me. Don't go gouge your eye out. But if your eye is looking at something it shouldn't be looking at, cut off. Don't, don't cut your eye out. Cut off the thing that it's looking at. Did you get that? That's what he's really saying there. If, you're, if your hand is stealing money, don't, don't, don't get an axe and chop your hand off. Now, literally, if you look at it in perspective of hell, what he's saying is right. But what I'm, what I'm saying to you is, in the spirit of it, you know, don't go get an axe and cut your hand off. Cut the thing off. Stop stealing. You understand? If your tongue's causing you to sin, don't go and pull your tongue out and cut it off. Stop saying those things that you're saying. Cut off what you're saying. Stop what you understand. If you're lying, stop it. If you're cussing, stop it. If you're talking bad about people, stop it. But literally, it's better to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. We'll conclude in Philippians 1. Turn there. Philippians 1, something interesting happened with this verse here that we're going to conclude with. Something that's never happened to me before is last week when I walked into my office, I told you the Lord spoke the word better and he wanted me to speak on uh, better today. And and, and he he directed me to go to Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and then, of course, here in, in Matthew. And then he wanted me to talk about Philippians. Well, Diane said they had that golf tournament yesterday that I played in. I got real busy. I put my notes together like on Thursday and Friday of last week. And I forgot to put Philippians 1 in. Just forgot. And the Lord wanted this in there, but I forgot. And it, was, I did, it wasn't in my notes. And, and, and the Lord, woke, he never has done this before. He woke me up Saturday morning, just a couple minutes before 3 o'clock in the morning. 
And I woke up. I knew it was the Lord woke me up. And, and he, he, he said, you forgot that. Spoke to my heart. You forgot that. Forgot this scripture. Okay. And I said, why didn't you wake my wife up and have her remind me in the morning? He woke me up. Just a little before three o'clock. Now, why do I say that? Because the Lord wants this, this next word. He wants, he wants, he wants this. He wants somebody, whether in this room or over the internet, to hear, hear this. So let's look at it. it wouldn't, I'd, have, I'd have forgot it. Never has woke me up. Very interesting thing. So it's, it's that important. So let's look at it. Philippians 1.21. Paul says, for me to live is Christ to die. <clears throat> for me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Let's feel the anointing. Sorry. I should never apologize for that, though, should I? For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. <sighs> From hard pressed between the two, having a desire to part and be with Christ, which is what? It's far better, isn't it? Far better to be in heaven with him, isn't it, than here on the earth? Is that right? Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all. For your progress and joy of faith. It's far better to depart and be with Christ, isn't it? Is that right? Talking about Christians now. When a Christian dies, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Is that right? Is it just better or is it far better? It's far better. And do you notice he had it? There was an element of choice in there, wasn't it? Wasn't there an element of choice in there? Now, a lot of folks don't understand this as they should. And I'm not going to take the time. I could talk on this for hours, but there was a choice in there. You know, somebody said, well, when your time's up, you know, uh, when, you know, you just got to go when your time's up, when your time to die is there. You know, guys, we can do things to prolong our lives. Doesn't the Bible say honor your father and your mother? And that your days may be what? Long on the earth. Is, are there things that we can do to prolong our days? Both spiritually and naturally. Is that right? Now, I don't know why he wants this shared specifically other than he wanted this shared. Verse 23, I'm hard pressed between the two having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is what? Which is far better. This story comes to mind. I remember a certain preacher told the story about how his, his uh, in his case, it was his mother. And she'd gotten up in years. And, uh, and, and, and it looked like she was going to pass. She was a saved lady. And, and, and I won't get into all the details of it, but I don't know if you realize this or not, but there are things that you can do spiritually, whether you know it or not, to hold people here. So I'm talking spiritually now. Spiritually, not, not talking physically. And he didn't want to let her go. And he said, the Lord spoke to his heart and said, it would be better to let her come on home to be with me now than to hold her there. But he held her. 
wouldn't turn her loose. And in the process of time, he had to watch her go through the jaws of death. A lot of times you talk about this stuff, folks don't even understand what you're talking about. But it's far better to let somebody go on, you know? It's far better to be with the Lord, isn't it? I don't know why once it's shared, but I'm just obeying Him the best I can. Having a desire to depart be with Christ, which is what? Was far better. I trust the Spirit of God spoke to your heart today in some way. Um, we're going to be passing out tracks. I want you to stay in an attitude of prayer, though, an attitude of worship. Don't unhook yet. Usher, start passing those tracks out, if you would. Because I still have just a couple of things to say before we turn you loose. The ushers are going to be passing out tracks. I'll take one, if you would. Did you all pass your track out this last week? Okay. Um, I know I uh, passed mine out. Uh, Diane and I went out to eat one time this last week, and I decided to go in and give my track to the waitress or waiter. And I told Diane I'm going to leave a nice tip and give them the track. And... Uh, and so we endeavored to do that. And uh, at the end of the meal, the waitress came over. I thought she was bringing the bill. And she said, uh, somebody in the restaurant saw you and Diane. They recognized you and they paid for your, for your meal already. So you don't owe anything. So I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. I went in to share Jesus and got a free lunch. <laughs> now, I can't promise you that if you'll share Jesus with somebody, you'll get a free lunch. But what I can promise you is, is if you'll share Jesus with somebody... It'll be a blessing to the Heavenly Father. It'll be fulfilling the Great Commission. And you'll have something better than a free lunch. You'll be uh, potentially saving somebody from the jaws of hell. You understand that? And you'll have eternal reward, which beats a free lunch. Amen? Now, you say, why, why are we doing this? Well, if you, if you weren't here last week, I, I shared that, that some weeks ago, before last week, the Lord showed me that that we had a real good church here as far as ministering to people that are already saved, but that we're not doing as good a job as we should reaching out to the lost. Okay? And so we need to do that because that's the main thing. Realize I say main thing? And the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. See? And so, uh, and, and he showed me, he said that, what he showed me is that uh, if we didn't do this, that in about five years' time, this church wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be what it is now. The building might be here, but the church as we know it might not. Now you say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? I don't know. I just listen to me now. It hooks right into my sermon. I know that if we don't do this, five years comes and goes. That. It won't be a, a good thing. I don't know all the details. So wouldn't it be better to not find out? Now listen here. People say, well, what's, what actually is going to happen within five years? I don't know specifically. 
But I know it's not, it wouldn't be a good thing for this church. So wouldn't it be better to not ever find out? Can you say amen? Rather than trying to figure out, well, what is, no, just let's do this and never find out. Can you say amen to that? Uh, yesterday when I went to this golf tournament, some of the guys there haven't seen me since I've lost almost 60 pounds. And, oh my gosh, Pastor Terry, oh my gosh, is that you? Is that you? Is that really you? I said, it's me. It's just about half of me, you know. <laughs> or not half, but third, two-thirds of me. You're not sick, are you? No, 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 no. But you see, the Lord began, now listen to me. He hooks right in with this message. Might save your life if you just hook, stay hooked a few more minutes. Actually, from the time I turned 40, right in there, and Diane will tell you, the Lord's been dealing with me about losing weight, losing weight, losing weight. And, uh, and sometimes I, I'd lose some weight, but then I'd put it back on and more. Can anybody relate to that? And uh, as I got into about 45, 46 years old, the Lord began to speak to me. And he said, you know, if you don't get this weight off, when you get into the mid-50s, you're going to have some serious health problems. And then as I got up on my 50th birthday... The Lord spoke to my heart again and he said, now this is your last chance. He said, this is your last opportunity. He said, if you don't get the weight off as you get into your mid 50s he said, you're going to get to the point where you can't turn it anymore, where you can't change it. You can't turn it. Listen to me now. You can't turn it. You can't change it. Do it now. This is your last opportunity. He's talking to me. And uh, said, if you don't do something now, you won't be able to change it. You get in your mid 50s. You're going to have some serious health problems. Now, somebody said, well, what are those serious health problems? What does that mean? Like the church, what does it mean five years? What does it mean? What, is it, what kind of health? The Lord didn't show me that. Uh, I don't want to find out, dear friends. I said, I don't want to find out. So it's better to do what? To lose the weight. I just kind of knew this in my heart that either I was going to have to take the weight off or it was going to be taken off for me some other way. So wouldn't it be better to take it off myself? Wouldn't it be better? See, I'm not here to give you a pep talk here today of a, of a, of a, of a Jolly Roger sermon, you know, where everybody's hooping and howling. I'm here to try to help you and save your life. Do you hear what I just said? So wouldn't it be better to listen to the Lord, be sensitive to the Lord, listen to the Lord, and do what He said do, and get the weight off of my own doing than to wait to get into the mid-50s and have, have it taken off some unsavory way through some sickness or disease. Wouldn't it be better to obey God now? Yes or no? Yeah. Wouldn't it be better to be soul winners and never find out what's gonna, what would bad happen in five years? Is that right? You okay? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe your marriage, maybe there's something going on in your marriage. Wouldn't it be better to make that change now than, than if you don't make that change that in a few years there's divorce? Huh? Is that right? So, so we need to be sensitive to the Lord. We need to listen to the Lord. And the Lord won't always give us specifics. He'll just give us something general. Well, let's listen to that. Let's act now so that we never have to find out. What bad might happen? Amen? I don't know the specifics. I just know that what the Lord directed me to do is that each service from now 
on with just as long as he leads and directs at the end of the service. We won't take this long typically, but I wanted it. We just started this last week. So if there were some people not here, I wanted you to hear what we're doing. I'm going to give you a track and we're going to pray over it. And then we're going to just ask that during the week it's between you, between you and the Lord. You know, I'm not going to catch you at the door and say, did you hand your track out? I might ask you up here generally, but I won't put you on the spot at the door or anything like that. But give you a track. We're going to pray over them. And then we ask you to just hand out your track during the week. Send it to somebody in the mail if you don't want to hand it to somebody. Hand it to somebody. Give it as a, at, at, the, at, the, at the restaurant like I did. But just, we guys, what's the main thing? Is, is the main thing coming to church and just being blessed ourselves, or is the main thing... Sharing Jesus with somebody. Okay? And I've had different people come to me and say, Pastor Terry, you know, I used to do that. I used to share Jesus with people, but, but I've stopped doing it. And I'm so glad that, that you're getting us back on track. Well, it's not me. It's the Lord directing me to get us back on track. Can you say amen? So stand with me, if you would. Let's pray over these. And then we encourage you to share this during the week with somebody. And then at the end of each service from now on, we'll do this. We just won't take as long as we did today. But like I said, I wanted everybody to hear what it was they were doing. So nobody was confused. All right. Take your track and just hold it in your hand or hold it up to the Lord or however you want to do it. Let's pray over this and, and then we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for speaking this message to us today on better. And we just know that you've spoken to each and every one in here that's, that, that wants to hear and listen. You spoke different things to different people, but we trust that your will has been done. Now, sir, we hold these tracks up to you. And, sir, as we go into this next week, we endeavor to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is sharing the goodness and the gospel of Jesus with those that are lost without Christ. And so we ask that you would guide our steps, direct our paths, lead us and guide us to just who it is we're supposed to share this track with in this next week. And, sir, I know that some people will want to share more than one, and that's fantastic. Just just the more, the, the better. But at least one. All of us can do that. And let's, sir, just, uh, just empower us. To be bold witnesses for you in this next week. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, there's going to be some men and women standing up here in the front. Before you leave, come up and say, hey, I want to know Jesus. And they'll introduce you to him. And you'll, you'll get saved. You'll miss hell, make heaven, and he'll make your life better in the here and now. In Jesus' name. Hey, greet two or three people. Love on them a little bit. And you're dismissed.